Hey guys, this is Kevin and Aisha Shelton with the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Where we navigate partnership, prosperity, and parenthood. Hey guys, this is Aisha Shelton. And this is Kevin Shelton. Welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. Welcome back. It is episode number episode. So what are we talking about today, <laughs> Mrs. Shelton? Episode number episode. Episode number episode, we'll be talking about short-term rentals. The good, the bad, and just our experiences. So two are not to do short-term rentals, two, right? Two or not to do or not to do short-term rentals. There we go. You're always messing up my title. What did you come up with originally? To do, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't hold me accountable for something you don't remember. True. Uh, no. So when we, when we jumped into that second unit and we started the theming, what we were really creating was interest, right? So by creating that type of experience, people came and got a replica of basically what it's like to visit the city. So we did have the mural and we did have the Texas themed furniture and artwork and everything in the house. So it was a, we called it uh, the Houston house. Houston house. And uh, people would come, you know, and want to take pictures with the mural and uh, have, you know, gatherings, not necessarily parties, but outdoor, you know, cook and barbecue and stuff. Not necessarily barbecue. We didn't barbecue. That was a rule. That was no barbecue. <laughs> no barbecue and at the Airbnb. on the patio, you could eat food. You could cater in your barbecue. Right, yeah. And eat food. And both of our units were in the medical center, mm-hmm. uh, are close to medical center. So they did really well for that. And that was really when the market was um, starting in Houston. I think 2017 was kind of when Airbnb was really starting to tick up. Mm-hmm. We also started educating other investors in Airbnb, uh, contributing to the densification of the market that we see today. The densification, yes. I said densification. No, I know, I was just Yeah, was like just it's a whole bunch of units in the same area. There yeah. are, yeah. Um, lots of people came with their units um, after, and I'm not saying it was because of us, but just there were lots of no, units No, it just came. happened. Right, right. Um, and so some of the, challenges, some of the fun things about having an Airbnb um, in the city was that we catered to a lot of medical center guests. Um, So people that were in town for treatment or their family members that were getting treatment at the MD Anderson Cancer Center. We really tried to target medical center. Adjacent um, people, like families. Yes, that was our our ideal client or our avatar. Our avatar, yeah. What we found is that depending on our rates and the weekends that we would get more than our avatar. Um, So even though it was a small house with three bedrooms and one bath, somehow we still attracted the party people. And people, we didn't welcome it. People would lie. People would flat out lie yes. and say, hey, we're coming to town because my grandmother is sick and whatever. And then they'd be smoking weed and partying. Uh, and on the patio or in the backyard. And we, I think because we were owner-occupants, we had more, not I mean, not owner-occupants, but we owned our we, unit. We owned the unit. We had more of a connection to it. And so we had the ring cameras all around the house and yep. on the doorbell and even though I felt like our Airbnbs ran efficiently with systems, we were still really glued to that camera. Well, <laughs> it, number one, it was interesting and exciting because people do weird stuff, right? So That's true. we'd have people at three in the morning pull chairs out the dining room and go in the backyard and they want to have powwows in the backyard and then people would sneak around trying to dodge the camera and smoke or 
Um, we had non-smoking units. So we had this crazy, these crazy people who were like doing. I don't know if it was heroin or something, but all the spoons were in like all the corners. It was crazy. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, you see that. But all no. the spoons were in there. They weren't like burned or anything, but they had spoons in the corners of the house. It was very strange. Weird. I mean, who knows what people are doing in these houses? No. Um, some of my not so favorite moments were Kevin breaking up parties at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, she didn't like that. I did not. Um, I would literally make him stay on the phone with me as he drove out there. And then I'd be Why watching the camera know. the entire time. And then when he arrived, I would watch the doorbell camera or the the uh, garage camera to see the interactions and stuff. And I'm six foot four, 200 plus pounds. And I don't know why she worries so, so because much. Because you're one person and there would be four or five different dudes in the house and you coming to break something up or you don't know what state those people were in. At any rate. I mean, I know what state my. I'd always. My, never mind. I, I always just didn't want any trouble. I, um, a lot of kids. Neither would, they, did they, so. No, no. A lot of kids would host parties there. You know, I think you have to be of a certain age to rent an Airbnb, but. We had they a high school-ish yeah. party happening. They were in their 20s. Whatever. So one of the last parties that we broke up, that I broke up, this girl said, hey, um, me and my father. Now, we never took local guests. It was like against our rules. This girl was local, but she had a whole story. She wrote a whole soliloquy. And I think she said, coming for a daddy-daughter weekend with my father. He's older. We want to spend time, blah, blah, blah. This girl checked in. Number one, they checked in late, which was super like, it was like midnight. Questionable, yeah. And then it was like person, person, person. And we just get notified on the camera like ding, ding, ding. So we look at the cameras and they having a full party. Not only a party, it's cars lining the block. I mean, yes. cars for days. And you could look on the exterior camera and just see cars lined on both sides of the and street. And people walking all the way up down to the, the house, block. just yeah. like trails of people. Now, mind you, this is a one bathroom house. Just just one bathroom. Less than 1,200 square feet. That house was, oh no, it was 1,240 square feet. And the house was what, a 1950s house? It was, yeah, it was originally built in like 1946. Okay, so you can imagine that the septic system was sensitive as hell. Well, no, because we replaced it. You replaced it, but still, it was, it I wasn't mean, but equipped. the problem is, it's one restroom. It's one bathroom, yeah. not equipped for that kind of traffic. So anyway, yeah. Kevin goes to break it up, and what did the girl say? Didn't she say something like, you like, hey, didn't you read the rules that there's no parties? And she was like, and you went to kick him out. Oh, yeah, she said, uh... So I'm like, I ain't read that. I, I ain't, ain't paying attention, pay attention to that. Oh, she, I said you accepted the rules when you when you made the book, and she said I ain't read that stuff. <laughs> anyway, I I absolutely hated that oh, part. Oh, and and like literally, I stood in the driveway for an hour after the party and just waving cars off, and people would drive up and go, "This the Airbnb this party? The Airbnb this the Airbnb party?" party. <laughs> That's not even funny, man. Oh my what? god, it don't matter. We, now. It doesn't matter now. So we really. I, I think we were too uh, emotionally vested in the properties, right, as mm. hosts. I know that I was because even though we had great automation and great systems, like to be honest, 
I can't remember the last time I stepped foot in those Airbnbs. That is true. I think you didn't you didn't actually step foot in them houses until we sold them. It was it was I didn't. But that <laughs> just goes to show that we had great systems in place and we had great people in place. We had a great team, right? And so I mean the turns and the everything restock, happened. everything happened like clockwork by automation and shout, shout out, out to uh, stay clean to stay clean if uh, you, which was five star at the time it was five star <laughs> so if you uh currently have airbnbs in the houston area stay clean short-term rentals is the place to be mm-hmm. the place to go she will get you all the way in order shout out to tj because tj got us in the game mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when we when we first were learning more about airbnb tj jajani was the one who showed us yep. a lot of the systems and things and we ultimately went and taught a lot of classes with TJ, so. Yeah, and it was a good, it was symbiotic because we had, once we jumped in, Mm -hmm. we really jumped in and created, you know, good marketing materials and systems that we had picked up from other places as well that made, it was just a really well-run business. No, and we did that for a couple of years and then actually fate would have it that literally right before the pandemic hit, we sold both our Airbnb mm-hmm. units. Um, and the reason why I say um, that one bed, that one bathroom came back to bite us in the ass is the straw that broke the camel's back. We were at the movies. And because I'm a contractor, I did a lot of the maintenance on the homes. Mm-hmm. And I renovated the homes, so I knew them kind of in and out. And we went to the movies. It was midnight, and the toilet went out. At the one bathroom house. They were both one bed at the Houston house. No, the Houston house was two bathrooms. It had two bathrooms. But that's where the toilet went out. No, toilet went out at Sherwood. Okay, okay, finish so, the story. Anyway, we're at the movies. Toilet went out. Get a call. Hey, toilet's out. Go through all the protocol. Have you checked this? Have you checked? Mm-hmm. We checked mm-hmm. all that. Toilet's out. Damn. So I don't have my tools with me. I don't have anything with me. I. We're at the movies. I leave Aisha at the movies. She was all of nine months pregnant Mm -hmm. at the time. And um, leave her at the movies, go buy tools at Walmart. So I'm at Walmart. (laughs) You laughing at me? No. Oh, so I'm at Walmart buying all the things that I think I may need to fix this one bathroom. Get to the house. House got like six people in it. You know, people peeing outside. It's the stupidest stuff. Oh, yeah. Touch the toilet. It was, the handle was stuck. And all you had to do was jiggle it. And I was pissed. And I I go back to the movie to pick up Aisha. She says, sell those goddamn houses. Well, yeah. But was the, okay, so at the Houston house, when they had to dig up the backyard? that, That broke too. So Houston house. We bought the house. The house had been previously renovated. We just did an aesthetic renovation because all the infrastructure was supposedly renovated mm-hmm. when we bought the house, right? And we bought it from another investor friend of mine, uh, or friend of ours. So it was it was kind of understood that they did all the work. Well, what happened was they actually didn't replace all of the sewer line. They replaced everything going into the house from the connection the connection is what ended up breaking. Mm-hmm. So there was a concrete, I'll get technical here, there was a concrete pipe that ran into the sewer that collapsed. When it collapsed, it stopped the plumbing for the neighbor's house and our house. 
So all we getting is backed up toilets, this and that and this. So I call Aisha, I said, hey, you know, we're gonna have to snake this toilet, but if the snake doesn't work, then we gotta tear up the ground because I know what this is. She says, okay. How much is that gonna cost? And I said, look, Oh I don't know. God. It could cost up to, you know, $2,000. Was it 2000 Because I remember some number larger than that. No, that's what we spent. If a regular we person would We spent 2000 and I remember you, them saying, like, it could cost up to 10000 or something well, like that. that's for somebody else. But for, for us. The fact of the matter is 10000 was a number. Uh, yeah, but okay. that wasn't going to happen. Anyway, so the problem was all the work that went into it. So we ran the snake. Snake didn't work. I was like, okay, we gotta dig up the backyard. Dug up the backyard, cause mind you, the plumbing died right before we were about to sell the house. We were probably two weeks from selling the house. So we had to completely repair all the plumbing, put the entire house back together. We did this in three days. Yeah. I just remember the huge hole in the backyard. We have the, pictures. It was the amount of work that had to go into this. I just, I was too, through. When I tell y'all it's two through, I was like, they gotta go. And I mean, everything happens for a reason. And when I tell you, like, when things are not going right and God says move, just move. Because thank God we did. I think the last one we sold both of them and in the 2019. We had the our last baby one we sold pandemic. was in February of 2019. Of 2020. Of 20, yes, of 2020. And then the pandemic hit. Like that in March. And so it decimated. And the crazy part about it is right when the the plumbing and everything was going on. The buyer who was buying it, now we sold both homes with all the furniture. Mm -hmm. We we had to sell them creatively because um, they had all the furniture and we didn't want to move anything, right? We didn't want to deal with all that. So we were basically building up the market. We sold them for well over what they would have appraised for. So we had to be creative in how we fit that furniture in. And we had two conventional loan buyers and they didn't have to go through like HUD inspections or anything like that. Cause if they had to, that would have been a deal stop. A whole nother issue. But yeah. the appraisals were like right after that. So putting the house back together for the appraisal was key. And we had to take part of the fence down, dig up the backyard, put it all back together, lay new sod, put the fence back, and do all this before our appraisal. At any rate, it was a That's lot. That's fun stuff I like. I'm glad Kevin had fun because I did not like any of that. Oh, that just and neither stress for you. did I like the Airbnb business. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad they were out of it. Um, but on that note, we know plenty of people that are killing it in the Airbnb game. So. That is our personal preference, but you know, in our experience, that's not to say anybody else's experience will be the same as ours, but we just have a few tips. No, so with that in mind, we got five tips. So why don't you break it down? All right. You don't <laughs> that's want to That's what break I was about to say. Oh. <laughs> so we have a few tips. I want to say it the way I said it. A few tips for those who may be interested in investing in short-term rentals, right? So tip number one, I think, is to own or to arbitrage. So you heard our story of ownership. And mind you, we had older houses. So maybe you own something newer and don't have the same problems that we have. But arbitrage is one of the ways that people get into the Airbnb game where they sublet. So whether you're subletting an apartment or subletting a home, 
you can rent it, put it on Airbnb and yep. arbitrage. And so we have several friends that do both models that arbitrage and do um, the owner route of it. Mm -hmm. So tip number two. Is um, autumn, what is it? Is it automation? Yeah. Automate, automate, automate. Automation. So this is what makes your life easier, right? It's the systems you put in place so that everything from your guest experience to your maintenance and cleaning are all on a schedule with people who get notified and take care of it. So automation is key. If you're going to do Airbnb, you got to learn how to automate. And luckily, there's plenty of tools out there for you to uh, purchase and software yep. that will allow you to automate. But we did it by hand for a short period of time, but and we were always looking the for the resources now. and the tools in order to automate. Number three is to get a good team. Yep, your team is everything in Airbnb. So just like with real estate, and like we talked about in our five tips for new investors, Team, 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 right? You need to have people on your team who help execute your dream. So uh, whether that's your cleaner, um, your maintenance person, your property manager, your scheduler, even- Like ad administration. Yeah. yeah. Ass assistance, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So making sure that you have a good team. What's number four? Number four is know your avatar. Know who's going to be renting your spot. That's how you design your home. Mm -hmm. That's how you choose the rates that you're going to have. Know exactly who you're advertising to because that will direct what goes into your house, right? And just a good example of that, you wouldn't believe if you're from Houston that at the time, this was maybe like two years ago, but Pasadena was one of the hottest markets for it Airbnb was. because that's where a lot of the people who worked in the factories would stay mm -hmm. in the Airbnb. It was workforce so housing. People were making money hand over fist in this workforce housing, and it was the bare bones. I mean, it had a bed and you know and a, a little table, a microwave, and a little refrigerator, and they were killing it in Pasadena. It wasn't the most beautiful place, but it was functional and it served the purpose that it served, and it was a hot area to earn income in Airbnb. And then you'll find the high end. Yep. You know, if you want to go the high end, I know someone who makes who clears eight thousand dollars a month in a high-end Airbnb here in the Houston area. So know who you want to advertise to and you know know your numbers as always. Yeah, I mean, because you can have everything from the house with the pool that people are gonna wanna have events at, mm -hmm. that maybe you cross market on you know another platform or you can have that little you know cute actual traditional bed and breakfast. It's maybe a garage apartment or something like that in your own home, but you have to know what needs to go in each house to cater to the person who would ideally rent that house. Absolutely. But yeah, what's number five? Number five is something that you were gonna tell me. <laughs> Airbnb is not a passive investment. Oh my God, let me just tell you, it is not a passive investment at all. And I know that Airbnb is like the hottest new buzz where everybody's talking about short-term rental and people think that it's a passive way to earn income. And it is one of the most active businesses <laughs> I have ever been in. I mean, it is active physically it is active mentally especially mentally oh my god the people and see, you didn't get involved very, like she said she never went to the houses mm -hmm. but i think just 
how however many moving parts it was bothered you, right? Like the fact that there was turns and people be coming back to back and there's different passwords and different codes. That part people. didn't bother me. That so part didn't bother you? me at all. It's the people who came. Like I was so worried about the furniture or the equipment or, I mean, and it's a high traffic place. I mean, there'll be yeah. lots of people. And people tore stuff up that like know that. People tell you it's, it's just not it's not passive at all. It takes your time. It takes your time away. And honestly, with the events that happen in our Airbnbs, I could never stay in. You were so you were so like oh my god PC with it. It was nasty. I, so I could so never I just want to say in this complete side note, and this is still in the tips, but it's is a side this a note. part of the tips? It, this is definitely the a part of the tips. Over. You want to get prepared. Or this is a bonus tip. This is the sixth bonus tip. <laughs> it's a six bonus Prepare tip. yourself mentally, emotionally, physically for the fact that people do not care about your stuff. Mm. So get warranties on your furniture. Mm. Make sure you have your maintenance crew on hand because people will tear your stuff up from broken locks, doors, windows, artwork, couches to makeup stains, blood and all kind of things <laughs> like people will completely trash your house or your apartment or whatever you got. So be prepared that for that. That's the bonus tip. Be prepared mentally, emotionally for all the, the damage that will occur. So I think to close it out, um, I obviously, my personal opinion on Airbnbs is one that is not in favor of, but I honestly feel like it's a it was a decent business and it definitely oh, yeah, had, it, was great business. it definitely had its its ups and downs and we made a good amount of money with the Airbnbs. Mm -hmm. However, it's not how I imagined myself living or uh, running a business. And we did think that it was passive at first. We we thought that it was just it would be another source of we revenue did, for yeah, us. Yeah, we didn't think that it would take as much work. That it or, would, yeah. But you know, the thing about it is, Airbnb can be a great business if that's your full time business. We have other businesses that we're way more passionate about. So for us. It was a great two year, you know, two and some change period of time that we got to learn what we like and what we don't like. So, mm -hmm. you know, if 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 you're searching for that right investment strategy or you're searching to find what kind of investor you'll be, you do try some things out. And we tried lots of things out. Uh, and this can be an avenue for you if you understand that it is not passive. Mm -hmm. It is a job. It's a full time job. And as somebody who managed a hotel, it's just like managing a hotel. It's, like it's the same hotel. thing. So um, be prepared for the work. It comes with, you know, you get a bag with it. it. It's profitable. It can be extremely profitable, but it is a lot of work. It is. And now that I think about it, just in these last few seconds, I know that the market has changed so much after COVID. So we honestly have no idea. <laughs> How to run a short-term rental business? Well, not how to run a short. Yeah, post-COVID is a it, different because it looks different. That's I mean, true. we used to be able to be very selective about the people That's that we true. lease that we rented to because we had all of these very stringent rules. But post-COVID, you got to kind of take what you can get. Which I was imagine. crazy because at a point we were even Airbnb in our guest room in our house. That's how we got started. That was our first unit. Was it? Uh huh. That was a tragedy too. Oh, so sideline story. Oh Before God. we close out, sideline story. Y'all gonna love this. So complete sideline story. Are you so, gonna love it? <laughs> so our, of course our first unit was our guest room. We get a last minute booking, right? And this is just a, 
a quick little story. So last minute booking, young girl with a brother, which turned out to be her son, right? Coming in town from San Francisco on vacation. Books says, hey, can I check in immediately? Which is always a red flag, super, super red flag. So we're like, ah, you know, we out to dinner. We're like, all right, cool. They check in at nine o'clock. This girl checked in and it turned out to be her son who was autistic, but not, he wasn't, um, I don't know what the what I the I think she are. said that it was her son and it actually was her brother because she was much younger. Okay, then I had that reverse. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, he was like violently autistic. He was very active, right? What? How do you describe that? Is that violently autistic? I don't know, I don't anyway. know if there's a such thing as Okay. Can we backtrack? They had that? no car. <laughs> well, look, they had no car, no means. What, what we found out, what we later found out is they came into town, had no way of paying for anything they had. She said she lost her wallet, but I think their family like abandoned them. Well, the Uber driver is the one who actually booked the room on his credit card, so they had no way of paying for damages or anything like that. She gets dropped off by the same Uber driver at our house. No, it 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 was way more intricate. The girl got dropped off at our house by an Uber driver. Okay. And she had lots of needs and challenges her and her and her brother they had lots of needs and challenges that we just simply couldn't meet and so we had to kick them out i mean she literally (laughs) texted me and was like can i take her to walmart ma'am no i cannot take you to walmart and we've had guests before yeah and our guest room room was set up for like professionals come in you come out you go to work you leave right it wasn't it wasn't travel nurses in our guest room we had a travel business professionals, business professionals that were couples. in our guest room. So we did have a young couple. That was kind of disgusting. We had young couples, but it was very much independent. You mm-hmm. came in, you did your business, you left. Because this is just a room and a bathroom. You didn't get like we had a microwave and a Keurig, but you didn't get any like refrigerator or stove or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So she needed help. So she was like, you know, can I can I get a ride to Walmart? I think she may have even asked for some food. And I was like, OK, this is it, lady. You got to go. So, so I had to we had to, I had to go down and tell her, like, hey, this well, isn't hold, working hold. out. You need to leave before that, before that, when it escalated, before we asked her to leave. OK, so go ahead. she doesn't she did. She had no. She didn't have any like obligation to tell us that her brother or whomever he was had a mental disability. She didn't have any obligation to tell us that. However, we didn't know that and we stayed in a two story home and I guess stay on the bottom. And he kept coming up the stairs and we made it very clear that guests don't come upstairs because that's where we live. And so he kept coming up the stairs and she would say he would you would hear him saying hungry. No, no, no. Or you're, real, would, you're being real no, PC. He's, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, go ahead. He was beating on the walls and screaming downstairs. It was it was just odd. Now, mind you, we had no idea that we had, he had a, a brand disability. new baby. We did have a brand new baby. And this guy, was he was walking and he wasn't he wasn't a guy. He was a young. He, he was, was maybe kid. like 10. Yeah, he was. But he beat on the walls. Hungry. I'm hungry. And he'd stump up the stairs and we had a big baby gate. He kept making it to the baby gate, stumping up the stairs. Hungry. And she would hungry. run upstairs. And this is us hearing it. We didn't see it. She would run upstairs and she would come and get him and bring him and back down. Usher into the room. So then in the room, we hear. Mm, mm, He's beating mm, and screaming. He's beating on the wall and screaming. 
we had an alarm clock in the room. He completely dismantled the alarm clock. Let me clock. get there. Okay, Let go me ahead. get there. So we at so we were like, okay, this is uncomfortable, and we have to ask her to leave because we did have a brand new baby. Yeah. We had just had a baby, and so I go down and tell her like, hey, you know sorry, but this really isn't working out. And that's when the story begins to unfold. So she comes into town on an airplane, her and her brother, and somebody was supposed to pick her up from her family, but they never came to pick her up. So she gets in an Uber. I don't know where she's going in this Uber, but somehow the Uber driver takes him and her, takes her and the brother to his house. Well, she could, somebody else had booked the Uber. So when she got an Uber, she let him know, I can't pay for anything, told him the story. He takes them to his he house. Whatever, I don't remember how that went down, but the Uber driver takes him to his house. Okay, that's a red flag. Takes him to his house. I guess he gets fed up with the situation, books her uh, Airbnb <laughs> with us, and drops her off at the house. So I'm telling her, like, yeah, you got to go. And she's giving me this whole sob story. She's like, I don't have anywhere to go. My family didn't pick me up. I don't have any friends. And I was like, that's really unfortunate, but you got to go, boo. Like, you can't stay here. So we called the guy who made the reservation mm -hmm. and was like, yo, she's got to go. I'm not sure where, you know, where y'all are going to go. He was like, that's when I found out that he picked her up from the airport and took her home. It was too much. He basically agreed to come back and pick her up. And then Aisha asked if she said, do you have any friends? We, we called around. We called our other friends who maybe had separate units to host mm -hmm. her or whatever. Like we, we tried to find her a safe space to land. Yeah. And it just, it was a Sunday night. It wasn't working. So, we said, do you have any friends in town? Because she was supposed to be a starting student at U of H or something else she had told us. I know, it was all about She said, life. I have a friend out in Katy. Looking at her Airbnb reservation, the friend out in Katy was just the last person that hosted <laughs> them on Airbnb. Which was the Uber driver. Which was the Uber driver. <laughs> It was a mess. Needless to say, that was the last time. It was and scary. then she tried to leave. Crazy. So then when we went into the room, we found an alarm clock that was dismantled. It was like an old school clock. It was dismantled. So the little brother had dismantled the clock and some pins that were on the desk. He had taken all that stuff apart. And then she tried to leave an iPad there. And I went to go look at the room afterwards and I saw the iPad and I was like, oh, she's trying to come back. Let me get this. <laughs> I went and waved them down like, hey, hey, don't forget oh, this. Oh, look, and right when they were getting ready to leave, the little brother was naked. He kept oh, rubbing yeah. his penis no, on our furniture. He, he was, he he kept running out of the room naked with no clothes on while we were trying, I'm trying to kick her out and he keeps running out of the room naked and she go, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And she'd usher him back into the and room. And he was rubbing it. So we got he Rolled around on. He didn't. We got rub it, leather Kevin. furniture in the, the den. He rubbed his Johnson on that. the front. He did not do that, y'all. Okay. That's too much. He did. He did lay and roll <laughs> around on the furniture with his naked body. You can only imagine how weird all of this was. With a brand new baby. But that was the last time we were like, okay, that's over. That's the last. I think guess, we let yeah. the travel nurse come back a couple we did, of times because she was a regular guest. She was a regular guest. Yeah, but, but everybody else, we we stopped it at that. So. At our house. I, it was a good idea in theory. We just aren't built for, we not, we aren't built for it. So I think we'll stick to our real estate um, and let everybody else handle that. Airbnb so we're going to build new homes and we're going to run this realtor team. And that's all we got. That's about it. <laughs> that's the real estate part of the marriage real estate now. Because we've done it all. Yeah. But what we stuck with is this. So. 
True. So thanks for listening to our Airbnb we stories. We hope it was enjoyable. Look, um, and for those of you that are thinking about Airbnb, I mean, there's plenty of resources out there. Give it a go.